0: I have nowhere near this kind of time in my life, but if I did, man, would I have some fun with this little project. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates, the latter team being the one that I'm covering down here at Spring Training in Bradenton, Florida for the week. And while I do that, the buzz about the football team all over the place is what big move they might make. What big name quarterback might they acquire? Could they conceivably make a trade with the Bears for Justin Fields? Now, I've buried fields more than once on this program I'm not really inclined to do it again however I do feel that there's a a lesson to be learned for how to react to news or even just whatever stuff gets floated out there there's a ton of that as it relates to the people inside the headquarters on South Water Street if you go back Over their history, and I would say this probably goes back a long time, but let's just say for the heck of it, even just over the last three, four years so that we can include some Kevin Colbert in it. If you listened carefully and tracked what Colbert would say about what the Steelers intend to do or what Art Rooney would say or what Mike Tomlin would say or what now Omar Khan would say and then match it up with what ultimately happened, you will find that they telegraph almost everything. Now, I could get into a bunch of examples here. I could just ask you this question. When was the last time the Steelers made a move, meaning an external move, that genuinely blew your mind, where you had no inkling that they'd be interested in any such thing. That you didn't even dare to speculate that they might conceive of trying such a thing. Name one. Name one. I'll sit here for the remainder of this segment silent waiting for you to name one. But you won't. Because you can't. Other than, I don't know, drafting long snapper. Okay? <laughs> Which they did which was really, really something. There's nothing. And there's a reason for this. I'm not sure if this is a positive or a negative related to the Steelers, but I'm going to share with you some of their thinking on the inside as to why they really don't have a problem doing this. Yeah, you'll occasionally hear Tomlin throw a line at a reporter, and it's been thrown at me a couple of times, where I'm not going to peel back to the curtain and show you that. It's part of the lexicon, it exists. But you'll also hear, whether it's about the draft or whether it's about free agency or general needs or general uh, satisfactions or dissatisfactions with what's already in-house, you're not left guessing. Now, I don't expect casual fans to do the stuff that you know reporters do where you're sitting there going over every press conference three times. You're parsing every syllable of every transcript. And that goes double in the off season, by the way, because there's just fewer of them. But it's all pretty much there. So take this, please, as my way of saying, no, they're not going to trade for Fields. They're not going to trade for somebody with a 4-3 to ratio of touchdowns to interceptions over the course of his NFL career. The head coach who went out of his bleeping mind over Mitch Trubisky not being able to take care of the football to the point that he came really close to just outright disrespecting him after that third performance in Indianapolis, not that I blame him, isn't about to reverse course. The head coach who made crystal clear to Kenny Pickett not this past season, but in his rookie season, that when he was to get into anything remotely resembling trouble, he needed to throw the football 12 rows deep into the crowd. He needed to not just put it along the sideline where you'll remember there was a near pick over there. He wanted it rocketed up into the stands. And what do you know, the following week, Kenny was just letting them fly. It was souvenir Sunday for everybody up in the crowd. This is a head coach who believes that turnovers define field position and in turn define the football game. But he's going to be in favor of trading real assets like, you know, second round pick and whatever. To the Bears for a quarterback that the Bears don't want. If there's a more Island of Misfit Toys concoction that you can come up with in the football world than a quarterback that the Bears don't want, I'd love to hear it. No, this is not happening. And the reason I know that is not some super crazy insider reporting. It's because I'm sitting there in a room with Art Rooney, and and he says, we're not doing this. We're not trading for a quarterback from the outside. And Tomlin himself says that the quarterback that they're going with is already in the building. And the only three in the building at the time were Kenny, Mitch, and Mason Rudolph, with everybody knowing... That Mitch was going to get cut. Mitch gets cut. Mason still needs to be re-signed. That's your quarterback situation. That's that's the setting. That's that's what's going to play out. I, I get it. Football fans are bored. And maybe there will be additional clarity when Khan meets with reporters at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indy on Thursday, which probably can't come soon enough. When we come back, J1Q. Today's show is sponsored by the Poker Room at Live Casino Pittsburgh. Join them this month for the daily hand hustle promotion where the first 20 hands will win up to $200. Don't miss the Westmoreland 300 multi-flight poker tournament. That's March 7th through the 10th with a 20 20- $5,000 guaranteed price pool. Plus, join live for an $8,000 cash drawing on March 24th at noon. Follow them on X at Live Poker WML. Again, that's at Live WML. Live Casino Pittsburgh, located on Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Today's J1Q comes from Rico, who says, Hi DK, I love your morning podcasts, and I particularly love the Tuesday one about the Steelers' potential draft priorities. But one position that you failed to mention was offensive tackle. And I would argue that they're signaling that as a position of need as much as they are center, given the release of Chuksa For Unless they're seeing something in Dan Moore that the rest of us aren't seems like it would be a priority to find a right tackle who can bookend with Broderick Jones. And like center, if you look at most of the mocks and simulators, it seems like there will be a number of really good right tackles available in the first round. So since good tackles are nearly always more expensive to acquire in free agency, then good centers wouldn't getting a right tackle in round one be the Steelers' priority. Rico, I hope not. And I'm going to expound on that two different ways. One is that I really, really, really hope that this team at this point in time is not going with any approach other than best player available. I was on board with going after a running back because I knew that there were both Najee Harris and Travis Etienne there. And I figured if they messed up one of them, the other one was going to come through. Turns out that's been kind of accurate. ATN's a pretty good NFL back, and Najee's had three straight 1,000-yard seasons. I also was on board with it for the quarterback search. And to a lesser extent, I was on board with getting an offensive tackle last year, mostly because it was seen as a very rich offensive tackle class. I'm not feeling any of that this year. So the last thing that I'd want is for the Steelers to go get a right tackle when they think they have one. They might be wrong, as you suggested. Maybe they see something in more that the rest of us don't. But within this conversation, and since I just mentioned at the end of the previous segment that Omar Khan is going to be available to reporters later this week in Indy, one of the questions, and I won't be there because, again, I'm in Bradenton, Florida covering spring training that I hope happens to arise in there is about Moore's future and whether or not he can switch. And if he can't, I'd love to hear, meaning on the record out there in public, as opposed to the, you know, the back stuff that you pick up inside the building, why he can't switch I have not heard of too many cases where a younger tackle gets labeled as, well, he only plays the left side or he only plays the right side. If you ever do hear stuff like that, it's almost always in the other direction. Well, yeah, you can put him on the right side, but you wouldn't be trusting him with the quarterback's blind side, meaning on the left. But to have it be the other thing, I'm sorry, that sounds like it could be teachable. And Moore's a really, really bright kid, who, by the way, has expressed no reservations about becoming a swing tackle, becoming more adept on the right side. So I'd rather find out all of this. I'd rather... uh, get educated myself. I'm sure the Steelers have their own answers on this and the inside, but I'd like to find out more myself about why it is that they felt the way they did about where Jones was and where Moore was for the duration of the season. Was it just that they didn't want to mess with anything in the middle? It's possible. So, I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we're going to do another one of these tomorrow.